Do you enjoy your solitude or are you lonely? We'll be discussing the differences right after this. Welcome to the Black Girl Bravado Podcast, your weekly fix for all things mental health and wellness. I'm Brittany, the joke-cracking, detail-oriented friend who is always down the road when you need her. For the legal stuff, though, not the illegal stuff. And I'm Germany, the loyal friend who keeps you laughing. I'm a ray of sunshine, and you can always find me on the dance floor. And not only are we besties, but we're your besties. You heard me right. It's homegirl vibes here. Get ready for the girls to dish the real, the raw, and the fucking funny. And listen, we may drag you, but it's always in love. Let's start the show, cuties. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back, boo-boo babies. How is it? We are well into our Mental Health Awareness Month bag of episodes. Yeah. May. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about May so far? Has it been treating you well? May May thus far is, it's gonna be May. <laughs> it's, it's treating me uh really well. I'm feeling good about it. Mental health is intact. Physical health is intact. Um, yeah, I'm feeling good. What about you? We love to hear that. Um, all of my things are intact as well. I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling intentional about carving out the space for the things that help keep my mental intact. Mm-hmm, period. I have to. Otherwise, you know, there are some things that, are out, that can be out of my control, like we've discussed. But as far as the things that I have a handle on, keeping them in place and that's all we can really do that's all I can do one of the affirmations that we shared this week um I mean pardon me this month was I let go of control and allow my and and allow my life to flow I let go of control and I allow my life to flow so definitely on trend yes definitely that is one that I've been keeping at the forefront of my mind because I can have issues with trying to control. We've talked about it time and time again. And I'm realizing finally at this big age that it's not doing what I thought it was. No, it never does. So everything that we come to realize was a was a fake and a fraud. It's like, I thought you were working in my favor. You really was deceiving me this whole time. You were. You were a, you were a wolf in sheep's clothing. Exactly. Exactly. Big wolf energy. Get out of my home. Control is big wolf energy. It is. It is. It is. It's a big wolf. Big wolf. So we take it. We took it out the costume and now we see it for what it really is. Exactly. Ain't no little red riding. Hood. Exactly. We see it for what it really is. So we see you. Control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're here. I'm feeling good. I feel like we've been being intentional about incorporating more play into our schedule, which mm-hmm. always feels good for me. And yeah, that's all I can do is take it day by day, step by step. Happy to be here with y'all today doing what we do best, chatting. Conversing, baby. Yes. Yeah. So today we're talking about loneliness. We are. This is a topic that has been running rampant on the internet, on the interwebs. Um, Just this idea of 
are we really enjoying our solitude or are the girls lonely? Yeah. <laughs> what are we feeling? Um, and black women suffer disproportionately from loneliness compared to non-minorities and even black men. So, you know, we have to talk about it here. We do. If the girls are being affected, then we are talking about it. It's important that we talk about it because the reality is we all feel lonely from time to time. Loneliness is subjective. Mm -hmm. Everybody's bout of loneliness is not going to look identical. Sometimes we have shared experiences, but it's so personal. It like is. a moment where I'm feeling lonely, somebody can be like, oh, you felt lonely. You feel lonely. Right. And moments where somebody else is feeling lonely, I, w I wouldn't feel the same. So because it's something that is prevalent and, ha and happens and we are all affected by it or have been affected by it to some capacity. Like you said, it's important for us to talk about here because we want to let you know that you actually aren't alone. No, <laughs> you aren't. You never are. So a common description of loneliness is the feeling that we get when our needs, when our need for reward and social contact and relationships aren't met. But that's not the same as being alone. Right. Yeah, it's not. It's not the same as being alone. It's like, you know, I have a need here and it's not being met with all the people around me. The need is still not being met. And that's a better definition of loneliness, right? It's the gap between the connections that we need and the social connections that we have. The need versus have. The mm -hmm. difference there, right? Because there is a distinction between, hey, I want to go out with somebody. I, I would desire that. And ain't nobody. The people I got in my circle don't want to do nothing. Listen, because you can have all the social contact. You can have the family. You can have the friends. If you don't feel understood or cared for by the people around you, chances are you you've been through a bout of loneliness. Yeah. And it, it happens to all of us for all of us. Nobody's exempt from loneliness. I will say that sometimes I try to rid myself of feeling lonely or even get into the place where I'm like, ooh. You ain't gonna get me. Yeah. It'd be on my back. I said, uh-uh. Get your ass from around here. And I know I, I know that a part of my character, my person is like, I want to go with people to do things. And you can take that in a variety of ways, right? Like in business, in relationships, just emotionally, like I want to labor with someone because I don't want to do it by myself. Yeah, I was listening to Jay Shaggy's podcast and he was speaking on that about how um, so many of us rely on our family and our friends to use them as a sounding board to mm -hmm. help us make our decisions. But even when we're not using those close people as a sounding board, we're even thinking about how they will feel, what they will say, how they'll how they'll perceive us when we're making these decisions yeah. on our own. And that's why he says that. We should practice more having moments of solitude. And that's the difference. Like being alone and feeling lonely, they're not the same thing because there are benefits to solitude. There are benefits to carving out intentional time to be alone because then we get to make decisions from how we really feel and kind of quiet the noise of how other people may feel sometimes. Like not to say that it's bad to use people as a sounding board because we do definitely need to do that at times. But if you feel like you're heavily relying on that to the point where your voice is damn near whisper, quiet, mute, then um, might have to implement some solitude to yeah. really get down to the core of who we are, how we feel, and make decisions from that place as well. A lot was said. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree that that's speaking to me because I think at one point I did feel that way, like using my friends or my family so much as a sounding board that I'm like, okay, I don't trust my own intuition or my own gut or my own inner guide and inner knowing. But now... 
at this point, I'm like, y'all are a resource. Yes. I am the main shebang. You're the queen. I am the fucking uh, <laughs> the compass. The queen of the castle. I am. I am. But, um. Do you feel like you um enjoy, I know you said that you try to combat being lonely, but you, do you appreciate solitude? I do. And I think even the older that I, the older that I'm getting, I'm realizing that I'm retreating more into solitude. And I am an ambivert. I do like to go out. I do like to be social, but there's more a part of me that's like leaning into really embracing that part. That's like, Ooh, but we could be home too. Ooh, we could cozy up. Ooh, we can like, like, you know, yeah. so I have to work against that because unknowingly I end up isolating myself or creating these like moments of loneliness for myself, even though I'm not like intentionally doing it. It's not conscious. It's definitely happening on the subconscious level, but it's happening. So y'all know that we are in our mental health bag. Um, It's May and feeling lonely can have a negative impact on your mental health, especially if these feelings have lasted for a long time. So maybe just, you know, Every now and again, you have feelings of loneliness, maybe not too much to worry about. But if this is something that you've been battling with, you can't even remember the last time you haven't felt lonely, then this is definitely something that you want to take a little bit more seriously. So um, some research suggests that loneliness is associated with an increased risk of certain mental health problems, which we all know, depression, y'all, anxiety, our self-esteem, sleep, baby, the sleep. Mm hmm. And increased stress. Yeah, there are so many and there are so many common causes of loneliness, especially like in females, because that's where we are here. We're women, right? black women specifically. But some of the common causes that we come across um, that make us feel lonely is like if we don't have a lot of friends or maybe we have friends, but we don't have those meaningful connections with other people or maybe we're far away from our families. I know um, being that your family is in the Bay and you live here, what has been your experience with like feeling loneliness or having have you ever felt that way? No, I don't think I've ever felt lonely in regards to family because um, I'm pretty, pretty close to home. So I can go home at any time in like we talk. I talk to my mom every day, mm. but also because my friends, families have become an extension of my family. So if it's like a holiday, I can go to your house. I can go to Kayla's grandma's house. And I feel like yeah. the fam, the familial aspect, you know, I don't feel like, damn, I'm at home alone because my family's so far away. If that was the case, I definitely would be feeling lonely because you're scrolling on social and you see people with their family on Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever the holiday is yeah. where you, you know, gather with family. Yeah. And if I couldn't get to mine, I would definitely be feeling that. But luckily that hasn't been my story. Yeah. And even if you don't live away from your family, maybe that emotional like distance. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you beat you beef with your family and y'all aren't on the same page. And that closeness that maybe you once shared no longer being there can create feelings of loneliness. Yeah. Like your family dynamic is not what you would want it to be. Yeah. And it's changing. Um, spending too much time on social media is also a common cause of loneliness. We're going to get into that in our episode today, just about how, you know, the pandemic and COVID made us really realize the connections that we don't sh that we share on social media sometimes aren't enough. And I think also to that point, seeing other people live out their life on social media and realizing that your life might, might not be in alignment with where their lives are having these like hashtag goals 
And, you know, expectations not being met, feelings of disappointment will also spark loneliness. Like, damn, I'm the odd man out. Yeah. I'm not the person getting married this this season. Nobody has dropped on one knee. Right. And gave me a ring. Right. You know, people are having children and moving forward in their career and I'm witnessing it all and it's not happening for me. She's feeling isolated. Girl, people are doing soft launches, hard launches, medium launches. And I'm trying to figure out when can we get to the launch pad? (laughs) Okay, the launch pad. I'm trying to just get to the pad. All these different launches are happening. I'm like, the pad. Listen. God. Listen, I'm trying to launch myself, propel myself. Right. Yeah, for real. Also, like uh, some more common causes. We know that um, one in four females will experience a miscarriage. And that can be so isolating when you're going through that, that experience. I haven't personally experienced it, but... I've heard the stories of many women who have, and it is makes you feel lonely when you see other people um, having their infants and your TTC. Yeah. And you're having issues. So that, and then also living alone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I'm a girl who lives alone. And it can be some sometimes lonely. It yeah. can be lonely. Sometimes it can be lonely. Sometimes it's like, I, it would be nice to have somebody here rubbing my feet right now. The way you love to talk about like, getting those feet I rubbed. like my feet rubbed. Jeez. <laughs> I like my feet rubbed. But it's then not- if somebody's over there rubbing them for too much, I'm like, oh, when are you going home? <laughs> you, don't, you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> um, also, y'all, feeling loneliness can be caused by a breakup. You already know. Parting ways, severing ties with a nigga, divorcing, dealing with custody issues. We, we all have been here. I feel like at one point or another, we've all gone through a breakup. We've all felt like, oh, I thought that was going to be a thing. And now it's not. And you have to reconcile that whatever you thought it was going to be is not that you're grieving the relationship, the, the closeness that you shared, the companionship that once was even the possibility of the companionship, because sometimes it don't even be the person we want. No, it just be the fact that, you know, it's you, gone. Exactly. It's gone because you are lonely during that time when the the first the, f- the first few days or weeks however long it's like damn I usually had somebody to and then you know you get ready gang, to gang. in the block exactly be in and the I- car the loneliness will have you going oh back. oh <laughs> I I've definitely spun around put the car in reverse multiple times that that was my thought I was saying that you were saying how you like prevent yourself from being lonely I I've done that too in a way that's been toxic to myself because yeah. it's like you're trying to not be lonely and you're getting at something that you don't have no business being in yeah or going just back to sit. something you don't have nothing going that's what I meant yeah that's yeah, what I yeah. mean just sit yeah I've spun the block on a few things sit and feel the loneliness but it's but hard. like I said in the, a couple episodes back with the with the the past episode experiential avoidance I don't want to feel the loneliness I don't want to feel that emotion yeah, yeah. I want to feel like I'm up I want to feel loved. Yeah. Care for. But it happens. I've called a nigga before. I've, I've banged a, a line or two in my in my. Uh, Who hasn't? I know. Who hasn't? If you have if you haven't, I applaud you. I, who I've hasn't? I'm like, hmm, it'll be nice to have somebody here. Let me call him. Right. Because I'm not going to deal with the loneliness, babes. Listen, come keep the seat warm. Please. <laughs> keep it warm while we're waiting on your replacement. Exactly. To get under, to get over. That is so sick. I know. I, I Listen, I'm just being, I'm saying what we're all thinking. I know. So, but that's why we're talking about this. That's what we're I'm not saying. Going, we're not going back. It's girl talk. Yeah. We can acknowledge that we've done it and that we shouldn't have been doing exactly. it. Exactly. That's the first step. 
Um, some other common causes are being a single parent, struggling with your self-esteem and confidence, or maybe even if you experience some discrimination or stigma because of your gender, your race, or your sexual orientation. You mentioned single parent, but also just being single, uncoupled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't, especially if everybody else is coupled. Yeah. Don't be the fifth, the third wheel. This is a, this a thing. I like being the third. Like, if I'm in the third wheel with you and I dress, I don't be feeling lonely. Yeah. But there are some couples that will make you feel lonely. Yeah. It's like, damn. I, it really just depends on the situation. Yeah, on the nature of what's happening. It depends on the nature. Yeah, because when we go out, it be giving. We all here together, but then we yeah. part ways and then it be me and you. <laughs> <laughs> you damn near need a fucking third wheel when I dress the way he be moving around. Girl, I'm like, I actually came with her. Because you'll be lonely. I came here with her. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, you talked about stigma because of race and gender, sexual orientation. But really, there's a stigma and a shame around loneliness that prevents us from admitting these feelings to people and even ourselves at times. Sometimes we don't even want to just outright say, yo, girl, I'm lonely. Whatever the reason might it might be, because we're thinking about the way we're perceived. This is my struggle. Yeah, because it's never been highlighted in a positive way right to being lonely and it can be very scary to admit that to other people and yourself and they think you're being dramatic like why are you being dramatic or because it's so subjective some people just don't get it so yeah. when you explain it to them they're looking at you silly and it's like now you make me feel even more lonely because you're like yeah like how could you be lonely when you have this that that the third um going on but again subjectivity you could be lonely and have a ton of friends family and feel completely at peace knowing that I'm good. I got, you know, I'm by myself and I'm chilling. So definitely. That's why I'm glad we're having this conversation today. We are going to unpack loneliness with Davia Roberts. Davia is a therapist, mental health speaker, and she's the host of the More Than a Therapist podcast. So you all, this is going to be a great conversation. Hopefully you feel less alone after you listen to it. And let's just get into it. Hey, Bookies, we got something special for you. Are you ready to dive into a celebration of blackness that's as diverse as the experience it represents? Well, NPR has got you covered with Black Stories, Black Truths. This is a groundbreaking collection that's more than just a podcast. It's Revelation. What does black representation in media mean to you? Because to me, it's about breaking down stereotypes, challenging biases, and... Also showcasing the rich tapestry of black experiences. For sure. Absolutely. And Black Stories, Black Truths is the epitome of this celebration. Each episode is a living account of what it truly means to be black today. And it's told from a unique black perspective. And I feel like these aren't just stories like their narratives of joy, resilience, empowerment, and also the incredible ability to create world shifting things out of the struggle. Seriously, you'll hear about everything from pop culture icons like Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to discussions on vital topics like reparations, y'all. There's really no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Have you tuned in yet? One of my favorite episodes is the one on how real self-care takes real systemic change. That's a must listen. Yeah, I really think the hosts bring a tone that's celebratory. It's also informative and reflective, which I really can appreciate. 
Every episode is a journey. It offers a range of emotions and perspectives that keeps you hooked from start to finish. As soon as I turn it on, I'm like, "Mm." and let's not forget black perspectives haven't always been at the forefront of America's story. But now they are the story. Period. So this is not just a podcast, y'all. It's a collection of some of NPR's best episodes showcasing the brilliance and resilience of the black experience. And we know NPR is known for its commitment to diverse storytelling. But with them presenting black stories, black truths, I would say that this is NPR with the noir twist. (laughs) So what are you waiting for? Turn on NPR today and immerse yourself in a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and black as the incredible country we reflect. And remember, stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, available wherever you get your podcast. Have you ever dreamed of effortlessly conversing in another language? Whether it's for that upcoming international trip, connecting with family and friends, diving deep into a new culture, or simply adding a new skill to your repertoire, learning a new language opens up a world of opportunities. But let's face it, traditional methods like textbooks and classroom learning can be a drag. That's where Rosetta Stone comes in. As the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years, Rosetta Stone offers a revolutionary approach that truly immerses you in the language you want to learn without relying on CDs or DVDs. Picture this, you're effortlessly conversing in Spanish on the streets of Barcelona, ordering tapas like a local, or discussing the latest French designers with Parisians. So sexy, right? With Rosetta Stone's intuitive process, you'll learn naturally starting with words, then phrases, then full sentences. And with over 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish, The possibilities are endless. Rosetta Stone's speech recognition technology, including the True Accent feature, acts like a personal trainer for your accent, providing instant feedback on your pronunciation. Plus, with both desktop and app options available, along with offline lesson downloads and an audio companion, learning for the babe on the go has never been easier. And here's the best part. For a limited time, Rosetta Stone is offering a lifetime membership for 50% off, y'all. That's right, lifetime access to all 25 language courses for half the price. Don't miss out on this amazing deal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, BGB listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com backslash today. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom question you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or record her voice. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she's overcame. 
This book becomes a legacy and something you and your future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's giving you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I'm so excited about mylifeinabook.com because I'm planning on gifting my mom with this. She's always loved reflecting on memories and sharing her stories, and I know this will be the perfect gift to capture those moments for her. The thoughts of her flipping through the pages and reliving those cherished memories brings a smile to my face already. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code BRAVADO at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code BRAVADO for 10% off today. Let's just get into the juiciness of unpacking loneliness. We got to get y'all together. If you are listening and you have not yet subscribed, hit the bell notification and left your rating. Go ahead and do that. It'll take you two seconds, not long at all, but it will mean the world to us. Okay, so do that for us. And also let us know how you feel about the episode so that we can know what we need to do better and what we need to keep doing. Yeah, don't say nothing crazy. No, we don't want anything crazy. We just we don't want nothing crazy. Constructive criticism only. Yes. Um, And while you're doing that, after you're doing that, take a moment to join us over at the Homegirl Hangout. It's our exclusive membership community. We are doing something really fun this month that I'm super excited about. May, mental health. We're starting community challenges. Our first challenge is to get your mind right challenge, honey. And we've been doing uh, various activities every week and holding each other accountable in the Discord. Today is the third week. It starts the third week of the challenge. And this week we are committing to meditating. Mm. So it's going to be really fun. It's been really great connecting with the girlies and the accountability channel and just sending photos as we complete our you know checking off our task for today for the day feels really good it does and it definitely helps keep me accountable because the way I wouldn't be doing some things if I didn't know that I had to check in yeah is real yeah it's the photo piece (laughs) proof or it didn't happen is that is that so get on over there and um, join us. I want to shout out our patrons. Let's get it. For the week, we have Samantha. Hey, Samantha. And Vicky. Hey, Vicky. Welcome to the game. Welcome. Okay, y'all. So we... I'm going to start calling in my homegirls, too, not our patrons. I like that. Because they're in the homegirl hangout. They are in the homegirl hangout. Yeah. Okay, y'all. So um, we are going to jump right into this conversation with Davia. It's a goodie. We are so excited to jump into this topic about loneliness with a professional. We knew that it was too much of a heavy lift for us to do it on our own. So we called in some reinforcement. So Davia, welcome. We're so happy to have you here with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. (laughs) So the reason why we wanted to talk about loneliness is because um, not only is it a hot topic that's being discussed on the internet right now which i'm both shocked and happy about because of the stigma that's usually associated with the topic of loneliness but um coming off the heels of the pandemic loneliness has been a real thing that we've we've all had to deal with to some capacity some more than others i mean we were forced into social isolation when the pandemic first hit And I'll be honest and say that I was really um, resistant towards 
what they were telling us that we needed to do and that we couldn't do because I consider myself a very social person. Um, So that was a shocker to me, like having to be thrown into that space. So during the COVID um, pandemic, I was finding new ways to maintain connections with my people. But I have realized that other people have been affected differently. Like some people were really fearful and that caused them to isolate for longer periods of time. Even when the restrictions have been lifted, people have been so conditioned to the isolation that it kind of had a shift. It kind of it kind of made a change in them when it comes to how they interact with people socially. And I think that contributed greatly to the loneliness epidemic, to be quite honest. So. What are your thoughts on like how COVID has affected or changed the way that people are being affected by loneliness? I think when COVID hit, there are going to be two reactions for a lot of people. And of course, there is gray. So this is not all or nothing thinking. For some people who are introverted, like myself, it wasn't as jarring. We still felt the isolation. Of course, there is a change because we're being mindful about how to protect ourselves. That is even further exacerbated for people who have who have health concerns. Like it's not just, okay, I want to socialize. No, my health is at risk if I am around you. And that hasn't changed even though the different mandates have shifted, right? Like there are still folks where I can't be around you. My immunity will be compromised. And so that's a different spectrum from somebody else who is highly extroverted, really thrives around being being around people. And so I think there is a full spectrum, but if anything, it's highlighted an issue that we have had going on for years. We are socially connected with all of these networks, but I think the pandemic made us recognize we want and crave deeper intimacy because those relationships that we had prior to the pandemic were being held by glue and duct tape in certain situations where I was like, oh, we only really hung out around happy hour. I don't really know you. And now that we can't go to happy hour, I don't want to talk on the phone with you because we don't have much else there. And so I think for a lot of folks, the pandemic made us realize we require more. We desire more. And we're really starting to assess What are my relationships and what do my relationships look like when we're not in close proximity? You mentioned a lot, a lot there, but I want to touch on um, the point that you made about desiring connection and maybe not even necessarily some people not knowing how to get it right. We're in this battle against I want to be outside, but I feel safer In my home, and that's even before the pandemic or outside of the pandemic, just being more um, introverted or enjoying your solitude and not really knowing how to balance the two. Um, We were we had an amazing retreat in El Salvador. We gathered a a group of women and we were discussing building relationships and friendships. And that was a lot of the feedback. Like, I want to go out, but I really like being at home and I can't balance like figuring out how to manage my relationships and still be okay with going out. And I know that I also have this issue and I'm learning that it's an issue for me (laughs) currently about just enjoying being in the house, but also knowing that community and connection is really important. So I think what I want to ask is like, why is it so hard for us to balance the two or, you know, get out of our own way when it comes to enjoying our solitude so much that we kind of deprioritize community and connection. 
I mean, if we're going to be honest, there are so many reasons that a lot of us don't want to leave the house. First of all, I can't step outside without paying a good $200, right? Like everything is expensive. <laughs> That's it right there. <laughs> like, like you want me to go out and spend extra money? Like food is already expensive. Just the ones that I'm, I'm cooking at the house, right? So we have mm-hmm. capitalism and literally the expense to go out and engage with folks in the ways that it has typically happened around certain events, food, drinking, right? That tab adds up really quickly. But we also have to deal with the fact that a lot of us are working multiple jobs. We are exhausted. Mm-hmm. And let, let's keep it a buck too. A lot of us are going to therapy. We're unpacking stuff. It's like, this is a different tired. And I really just don't want to deal with people <laughs> right now. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm releasing certain relationships that don't feel healthy or safe to me anymore. And so maybe you are cocooning, right? Like you are recovering from certain things and you're trying to figure out, okay, what feels good for me going forward? So we have a lot of different things that may be coming up for us. But back to that question that I said earlier, what do you need? Whenever we think about life, there are going to be pros and cons of us making a shift and getting what we want. Like I said, I am an extreme introvert and homebody, okay? My place is cozy. I enjoy it here. I want to get my money's worth of rent. However, (laughs) when I think about what I need to feel connected, to feel grounded, I have to be in deep relationship with people. Mm -hmm. And when I say deep relationship, I'm not talking about I am connected to every person I've met. I actually have a very small circle. I have acquaintances outside of that mm-hmm. small circle. But within my, my tight-knit circle, there are deep, intentional relationships. And in order to have those, I must require and push myself to get out. Right? And so sometimes that means that may start online. What are things that I already enjoy? And if I see mm-hmm. a meetup, okay, I don't have to go to every meetup. But I'm going to at least go to this one this month. Right, this one exactly, and it's that inner motivation that says, I don't have to do all of the things, not overwhelming ourselves. But what does it look like to be intentional? What is one step that I can commit to if you really value it? And also, if you're like, that day comes, you're like, ah, do I feel like it? Ooh, okay, that, that can happen, like, that's normal, and at the same time. That discomfort that you feel about stepping outside of this sacred home, this comfort space, the possibility of experiencing deep connection, does that have enough value to urge you to take that step outside the house? Right. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and I need to put more value on it. Not necessarily going outside the house because I'm cool with going outside with the people that I want to go outside with, but prioritizing community outside of the deep yeah like um, intimate relations that I have because I have a way of sort of like devaluing the relationships, if I will, for lack of better words, where I'm like, oh, it's not as important to me. So I might not respond to text messages as quickly. I might not take people up on invitations and I am unknowingly isolating myself, like subconsciously isolating myself and creating more not necessarily. Lo- well, I guess, yeah, more more sense of feelings of like loneliness or like, oh, I don't relate. I can't connect when really it's like I'm doing this to myself. Yeah, I'm doing this to myself because there are people who I, I know who want to hang out and who would love to hang out. But I'm just like, nah, girl, 
<laughs> and I think I'm we like, have to no, be honest about capacity too. I think for mm. some of us, like we have our people and we are satisfied. We're, we're like, no, we're good. And there are those of us who are like, we know we need some more people. <laughs> and yet yeah. we devalue, like you said, like I'll just keep it to the ones I have. But it's like, you're never going to have those deeper connections if you don't invest in the ones that aren't as long-term. Like, yeah. Yeah. deep relationships didn't magically happen. It's a time and intentionality. And as yeah. adults, we're not having the same college experience that we had just being up in each other's dorm all night. Like, we don't have that. So it, t- right. it requires some intention. Yeah. It does. It does. And well, we, be, like you said, we be feeling tired from all the other things that take intention. Like, damn, another <laughs> thing that takes time and, and intention. Yeah. I'm tired. But... It's life. It's life. And, you know, both of y'all touched on solitude, which can be the the other coin, the other side of the coin when it comes to like loneliness and solitude. And I saw this tweet um, that this girl had tweeted out and she was like, um, whenever I see people at restaurants eating alone, I just feel so bad for them. And of course, everybody started eating her up in the comments like, you need to start getting comfortable with yourself. That is called solitude. And so what's the difference between loneliness and solitude? Because people can look at it differently. One person can be alone and feel like I feel so lonely. And then somebody else can be alone and say, I love it here. This feels so peaceful for me. So how can we differentiate between the two? I mean, what you just said spoke it speaks volumes because there isn't one cut and dry answer that says, once you reach this particular situation, you will now enter the lonely territory. Like, no, that doesn't exist. All of our needs are going to be different. And so for me, I conceptualize loneliness as an unmet need for connection. Our barometer for that unmet need is going to vary from person to person to person. I told you I'm highly introverted Brittany, you were saying, "Mm -mm." (laughs) mm-mm, extroverted, I need my people. (laughs) Yeah. And so I can go days without being on the phone, without being on my text. Like, I'll see the text like, okay, I'll respond later. I'll forget and be absolutely fine, content, happy, and at peace. And for someone else to step into my shoes, they'd be like, baby, you're not lonely. Like, I I need people. And so we all have... We all have a different barometer, but I think we need to remind ourselves it is okay for our need to be different. It's okay that she would feel lonely eating by herself. If if that's if that feels uncomfortable, hey, she can sit with that, she can unpack that. However, we're all going to have different needs. But at the same time, I tell folks, even if you're in a room full of people, having dinner at this big table, there are plenty of people have, who have had experiences like that and felt lonelier than ever. They're like, I'm right. in this room with everybody. They know my name, but no one truly knows me. No one truly sees me. And so my proximity to people does not equate to feeling known and cared for. Maybe even your popularity in your field in that group. You're like, they still don't know me. So that doesn't mean we somehow evade and outrun loneliness because of proximity or popularity either. It really is about being able to have your social connections um, that need met in your life holistically. 
Mm, yeah. It's the needs. It is, yeah. It is. It's the needs for me. Um, you mentioned something, and nobody in this room knew my name, but I recall this time <laughs> when I felt so lonely. I was at an event, and my, my partner was DJing, and he invited me, and I did not have a plus one, and usually I have somebody to go with. And I was just in that room, and I felt so lonely. This was a time where I recall feeling so isolated and lonely because everybody in the room was like movers and shakers, and they knew each other, and they were um, networking, and I was literally just sitting there like that meme, if you guys can recall, with the fox on the edge of the bed. Yeah. Just sitting there alone, no one talking to me. I'm not talking to anyone, and I felt like... I never want to do this again. I never want to have this experience again. And that was a time where I could not tap into my solitude. Towards the end, I was like, I'm starting to feel comfortable. But initially, I was kind of like, I'm here alone. Yeah. I'm here alone and I'm feeling something. It does feel like that. And even when you're with people that you know, like you said, Davia, like um, I was listening to something and something and they said, If you really want to overcome loneliness, the first step is to get to know yourself and present that in its fullness so that people can accept you for who you are and get to know you for who you are. And some of that loneliness can potentially be alleviated because you're just expressing yourself fully and showing up. And I know a lot of us are fearful of doing that. Mm -hmm. And that is like a supreme recipe to be in relationship with people or just around people and feel like, what the hell? I felt like that in romantic relationships before, like maybe not the whole duration of the relationship, but at some points where I felt like we were disconnected or misaligned. It's just like we're sitting here together. We may even be watching the same show, even having conversations. But I don't feel I feel alone right now. No, you don't know me. Like even just just listening to y'all, like even, you know, German, as you were talking about, like, I mean, I was invited in this space. Like I can think of those moments, too, when I start to chuckle. But I'm also thinking about how I felt in that moment. I was like, no, in that moment, it sucked. And I felt uncomfortable because it's not even, in my opinion, it wasn't sheer loneliness. The loneliness for me was more so, oh, I don't feel wanted here. Where Mm -hmm. there is a part of like you, like you sharing Germany. Oh, people, they, they belong. They're obviously connecting. I'm not. What is... And I can't seem to find that way in for me to feel connected as well. That's when that loneliness is that sense of disconnection. Um, and even, you know, to your point, Brittany, that feeling that same disconnect in a relationship where I can't really connect with you because I don't even feel like I can be my true self with you. Yeah. That, that version of myself will not be fully honored. And maybe there's a need to protect it. Maybe there's a, a need to be a chameleon and shapeshift because That's what you've always done. But in my opinion, like the lockdowns don't compare to that. That sense Mm -hmm. of who I am, it cannot be shared or honored. Like I can't connect to people as my full self. Like that feels really lonely because it's not just proximity. It really is this internal longing for deeper like soul connection. Mm. Yeah. You put a bow on that. Yeah, I mean, she did. And I I was also reading how people can feel like, like you said, separate from the the pandemic, like culturally isolated for black women who feel like, okay, I'm black, but I'm not black enough because 
I don't really identify. Like, I'm not culturally accepted by the people who I look like. Mm-hmm. Maybe I more identify with my Asian side or my white side, and I just feel so lonely amongst my people. We're supposed to be my people, but they ain't feeling like my people. They're just, they're just feeling like people. So, yeah, it can show up in a totally, like, a variety of different ways. For real. Yeah. Honestly. And speaking about black women, black women are very, can be very lonely. We are more lonely than, than other people. And I wonder, or thinking about my own, um, like my grandmother, she's reaching her eighties and she has no companion, no man to call her own. I, and child is a long story, but, you know, <laughs> but she doesn't, she doesn't. And then I also think about my mom's like mentality around partnership. She is married, but she also has a mentality of like, and this is no shade to my, my stepdad cause we love him, but very much so like, if it's not working, I'll get gone and then I'll be a girlfriend or I'll find some sort of companion or whatever happens. And if I'm by myself, I'm by myself. And I wonder if like black women being very lonely outside of culturally, but like connecting wise, does that have some something to do with our conditioning? Right. Like being so strong and resilient and being like, I could do it by myself. Like, what are your thoughts on that, Davia? Um, so many thoughts come up. I think about just my personal life and what I've watched the matriarchs in my family experience and what they've modeled. And then I also think about the different experiences of my clients who are mostly black women. And so in my family, particularly my mother's side of the family, she comes from a very close, tight-knit family. They look out for each other. They watch each other's children. My family and I, we traveled because my, my father used to be in the military and I would go spend the summers with my grandma. My, my mom was in another state, um, but that was just normal. Like everybody looked out for each other, no matter where you were in the country. Mm-hmm. And I, I hear about other people's experience. They're like, oh no, <laughs> we didn't do that. You get your stuff together. You figure it out. Everybody figures it out. We come together for a good key key. But yeah. that's about it. Like, we're not sharing each other's business. There are family secrets. You figure it out. We don't talk about these things and you heal on your own. So I think when we talk about Black women, there's so much to discuss because even within one family, so many dynamics, so many learned messages around what it means to be a Black woman show up. And so I think for many of us, we are still divorcing ourselves from the identity of being strong Black women who have to deal with everything on ourselves, leaning more into communal care. And at the same time, even as I see, and I appreciate it, like the soft life movement for Black women, I still talk with so many Black women who are still struggling when it comes to vulnerability and Mm -hmm. allowing ourselves to actually show up fully and what that looks like because there's still this concern. I don't want to be too much. I don't want to be a burden. I don't want them to feel overwhelmed with my stuff. We're fine doing it for other people. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I got you, boo. But we feel so much discomfort around being real about our uncomfortable feelings, the the circumstances that don't feel pretty, where we won't allow ourselves to be held by the people we call friends. Mm -hmm. And I think there is still unlearning that needs to be had. 
still space to lean into discomfort and bravery and courage around vulnerability that normalizes mm-hmm. saying, my value as a friend is not dependent on how well I can stay packaged and appear, you know, just put together in this professional, magical Black woman, right? But allowing, giving yourself permission to show up fully, spilling over the seams with just life because that happens. And I think when we do that, there will be so much deeper connection. And I see Black women doing it, but I think there are still many of us who, who truly believe we have to be everything for everyone else without allowing ourselves to receive that same type of gentleness and care in return. I'm so glad you said that because it is the vulnerability child that be keeping us in our own way. We be stuck. We be stuck, not able to allow. It's so difficult. And I, you are speaking to a black woman who you were speaking to. I was speaking to me, you were speaking to me. Sometimes it's hard. It's hard for me to be like expressive or vulnerable and completely honest. And it's like, I don't want to be too much, not just in relationship or in these romantic circumstances, but like with your friends, right? It's like you do, you allow a soft place for, or you hold space and create a soft space for everybody else to land. But when it's time for you to take flight and fall, then it's like, oh no, I can't. I can't, I don't want you to see me this way. I do want to be completely packaged up. Like I have just this much to give you, Um, you know, it's very much so that. Right. But that's true. More contributing to the loneliness that is not healthy because you feel like, oh my God, I'm going through this alone because you're not allowing anybody to be there for you. Or you're like you said, to be presented in a pretty package to where people are like, oh, she's got it. She's not affected by anything, which in turn can also make not that it's our responsibility, but that can also make your friends feel lonely, too, because I know for me, if I'm going through a situation and I feel like I'm talking to somebody who just cannot feel me, they never been through anything, they never go through anything, everything's perfect in their life. That can make me feel isolated and lonely, too, because it's like, damn, am I the only one who's always struggling? Am I the only one who can't get right? This feels lonely because she has it all the way together. There's nothing ever going wrong with her. Her life is perfect. Whole time we both crumbling. Yeah. And we could come together and not feel lonely if you said, like you said, just be vulnerable and open and honest. Hey, we both don't have our shit together fully. And that's okay. Yeah, it kind of goes to like both ways, right, is being honest to say we both don't have our shit, but it's the person on the other side because not no shade to you, no tea on you. But, you know, <laughs> I know that a, a few times Brittany has said, like, I could be more upfront and honest and vulnerable about what I'm, I'm going through in the moment to allow people to be there for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, both ways, packaging it up, but then also allowing yourself to be seen. Right. Not you yourself, but generally speaking. Right. I'm gonna throw exposure. my girl under the- <laughs> full exposure. <laughs> you're like, no shade, I'm just saying. Um, Not yeah. throwing my girl under the bus, but you're saying. You but know, you're right. Saying. Like, how many times have we been on the brink of tears, on the brink of a breakdown? Someone will text us, reach out to us, how you doing? I'm making it. What does that mean? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> what does that mean? I had a friend message me earlier today and he said something like, how's life going? I was like, baby, life is le- life in, but we thugging it out. <laughs> right. Right. We always put that on the end. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like translation. I am struggling. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. And it's like, if That's we're not exactly willing to I have mean. conversations that open the door for more, 
we also can't be disappointed or have resentment towards people if we never, ever crack the door open for them to see what's there. Some of us are mad mm-hmm. at folks for not showing up when they, they, they never, never had an invitation to know what was going on into your life. Like, it's not fair for us to berate people. You never show up for me. You never say you need me. Mm. And you never say. I, I think, <laughs> and for some of us, right. well, you should have known. <laughs> like, yeah. like, that's not read my fair. mind. That's exactly like, yeah. it's not fair to expect people to be mind readers. And I think we also have to have grace for a few things. Number one, if you never say it, Some people are not going to pry because number one, they may want to respect your boundaries. I'm someone who is naturally private. I don't share all of my stuff with everyone and and that's okay. I don't hold it against people who I didn't share it with. For the people that I decide to share it with, just because I shared it doesn't mean they have the capacity to show up for me in the way that I want them to. Like There also has to be grace for that. There are some of us with parents or partners where when we face certain circumstances, we're like, this is what I'm dealing with. Help me in this way. They don't have the emotional intelligence to show up and do that with us. But we keep coming back to them and almost reopening a wound for just continued disappointment because we want certain people to show up for us in a way that they don't have the tools to do so. And so now mm-hmm. we don't want to be vulnerable because like, well, I've been disapp- disappointed before. That's a risk. Being vulnerable is a risk. But there yeah. also is a need to be to use discernment around who has the ability to show up for me, who has the willingness is a different topic. There are people who want mm. to love and care for us, but don't have the tools to meet us where we are. And I think there has to be grace for for both parties involved. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Grace is needed. You know, another thing that I was thinking about when we're talking about like loneliness and the unique way that it affects black women, a popular conversation is how black women are going to be perpetually lonely because we have this thing in our mind that we can't settle and it's like wep- it's like alone being alone is kind of weaponized like well you need to quit being so picky and go ahead and get into something before you alone you old and you alone and you don't have nobody and I hate that for us I hate that settling or deciding not to settle is equating to just being alone and I'm wondering how can we navigate that space because it can be tricky it can cause people to feel like you know what I'm gonna just take whatever I can get because I don't want to be alone essentially we don't want to be alone so What would be your advice for someone who's battling with with those feelings? I typically try to avoid giving advice. As a therapist, I'm like, "Mm -mm, don't get me caught up. I ruined your life. (laughs) Um, However, I have a very strong reaction to those to those people, to that that type of commentary. And it comes in two parts. It's for the people that say, you just need to be with somebody so you're not alone. Or you need to have children because what's going to happen when you're older? Mm -hmm. And so to that... Another conversation. Right? A a whole other episode. But to that, I say, forcing yourself to be partnered with someone you don't actually feel in alignment with is not going to eradicate loneliness. 
In fact, it'll probably magnify it because just because you're in close proximity, sharing a life with someone, going through the motions, if you don't actually feel connected to them, more than likely you're going to feel miserable. I don't know about you. I've been in that relationship. I like, I have no business being here. Why am I still here? I hate it here, right? <laughs> and it's like, and I did this to myself. And so to, to be in a marriage where you don't feel fulfilled and you don't actually feel cared and seen, it, it doesn't feel like you came out the winner. I don't see the right. logic there. Yeah. In the same way as people trying to force folks to have children. Number one, just because you have children does not mean they're going to want to have a relationship with you and when they're older. We hope that you'll have a healthy right. relationship that they want to stick around, maybe take care of you, but that's not a guarantee. And so when it comes to actual relationship building, not just locking someone into obligation, obligation through marriage or manipul- manipulation with parenting, if we're intentional about relationship building, it will extend beyond romantic relationships and nuclear family. We have been taught to place so much value on the nuclear family to the extent that when people start retiring, they start looking up like, I don't have any friends. Mm-hmm. And we could avoid or minimize some of that loneliness if we didn't automatically start weeding out friends once we got married. Well, I can't be your friend because I'm married now. you still single. So maybe once you reach this chapter, we can be friends again. Right? Or I'll only hang out. Girl, fuck you. Girl, fuck you. Exactly. You've met those people. The folks that only want to be around people who have kids. And it's like, you have isolated yourself from community Mm. that cared about you, who built with you, who got to know you intimately. And started we start to devalue those relationships if it's not within our nuclear family if it's not children if it's not our spouse but when we see the beauty and value of community beyond mm-hmm. that we see that we don't have to accept loneliness as part of our life like connection doesn't come from three or four people in our lives It shows up in so many ways if we allow ourselves to receive it and stop placing value only on having the spouse, on having the kids. That was my word. And that was on. Not about the kids, though, and the spouse. (laughs) You already know. Well, what part? Just mainly like that you can have connection more than beyond three or four feet than nuclear. Because I consider not just my partner, but like my friends that I'm really close with, those are my family. So I be like, nigga, fuck everybody else. But I don't want to be like that no more. I don't want to be like that no more. (laughs) Yeah, Because you could have had somebody new in the circle and you like, I I didn't cut them off. Right. Like, we don't have to do that. She don't even put put them on to cut them off. I be saying that all the time. I'm like, oh, it would be so cute to have like a cute little girl like friend group. And then when the opportunity comes, I'm like, yeah, no, Brittany. It's like, nah, like keep it open <laughs> to an extent. And I also, even to that point around like community, you know, Germany is someone who may not want every person in their inner circle. And I think that's absolutely fine. I think it is important to remember that there are going to be certain deep intimate relationships and there there are going to be some key key relationships like it may not be as deep and those can still have value we don't have to throw people away because they're not in the inner circle that part now that was the real word yeah that was the word thank you for helping me bring it around take that and file it (laughs) 
Oh my god! Oh in my your god. mental file cabinet. Anywho, <laughs> uh, so Davia, I don't know if you're on TikTok, but I feel like TikTok is this world that just opens us up to so many concepts. Just everything. Everything lives on TikTok. Yeah. And um, touch starvation came up on my FYP. Yeah. There was this girl who was talking about how lonely she was and how she hadn't been hugged. It seemed like in five years or she hadn't had any physical communi- um, contact, intimacy from anybody that she really loved, anybody who loved her in five years. And um, people were like, well, you can get a massage. You can have your hair done. You can like have some sort of touch. And she was just like rebuttaling against that. Like, no, but it's not the touch that I want. Right. It's not somebody who cares about me, who I know is invested in our relationship. Have you been seeing this touch starvation concept float around on the interwebs? And like, what are your thoughts about it? What? I just feel like it popped up out of nowhere. Maybe it didn't. But I'm like, where the fuck did touch starvation come from? Skin deprivation. Yeah, skin deprivation, uh, affection deprivation, um, skin hunger. Like I've heard all these different names for it. I remember learning about um, affection deprivation in undergrad. And someone talked about Mm. a study where they would study children in orphanages who didn't get constant contact, exactly babies. And they noticed different health outcomes where they're more likely to deal with like anxiety, irritability, depression, down to their physical health, um, their immunity being lowered, even heart health outcomes. And so it's not just, it's not a new phenomenon. They have even Mm. had more recent studies where, and I can't remember the name of it, but there is one where they did like an electric shock to people. And so they had different controls. One, a person was alone. The other control group was the person received the shock, but a stranger held their hand. And then the last Mm. control group, a person received the shock and a loved one held their hand. They all received the same amount of shock, but the pain was perceived to be significantly less when you held someone's hand who you loved and cared for, right? I don't think that's a surprise to most of us because when we hear about, and I I watched the video that you're referring to, when we hear about touch starvation, I think a lot of people have this misconception that, oh, that's their love language, therefore they're dealing with touch starvation. It really has nothing to do with your love language. Like we are all wired to want to be in connection with people. Our level of touch may vary, right? Um, However, even just sitting close to someone, just shoulder to shoulder, leg to leg, that is, that's that touch that gives you a nice oxytocin hit, Right. And so oxytocin is the bonding hormone that happens when a mom hugs their child. You cuddle with your partner or even your pet. Right. Like oxytocin is being released into your body. And usually you're going to get dopamine and serotonin, these feel good hormones flowing through your body that just boost your happiness and well-being. And it's like, oh, this feels good. I want more of this. And so physiologically, Your body wants and needs that. And so when we think about how many of us are social distancing, thinking about like the lockdown, we are craving that touch. I'm someone who didn't like to be touched. 
I mean, still don't really. I'm not a big hugger if mm-hmm. I don't know you. Like, back up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I used to get teased. Like, I was not a very affectionate person. My friends who I love, I'm like, okay, enough. You got what you needed. Back up off me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the pandemic hit. And I was like, I'm still introverted. But dang, it has been a long time. Like, I really do just want to hug. And so people are going to have it show up for them in different ways. But I do want people to recognize that it is okay to be aware of the touch starvation. Like you're not being needy. You're not being dramatic. This is something your body, we're wired to want as humans. It's a part of connecting. I'm glad you said that, the the dramatic piece. Because as I was watching the video, like, obviously, you don't want to be insensitive, but you're wondering, like, to what capacity is this, like, you inflicting this on your own self, right? Like, the five years, is this, like, dating? What is this? You don't have a pet. You don't have, like, what is this? But I'm glad that you highlighted that. Like, these are real feelings. This is just innate for us to want this physical touch. It has nothing to do with, like, our own, you know what I mean? Like, it's just natural. Yeah, it's natural to want it. And then sometimes they're probably are some things that we have to work through to get into the relationships to get that touch administered. So sometimes it's layered. It's like, I do want the touch. I haven't been touched for a while. And I understand that there's some other things that I need to do to get the touch. But damn, I still want the touch. Thank you. And especially if you've dealt with trauma in your, in your life, Mm. there are certain things that you need, you need to feel safe before receiving consensual touch. So I'm like, there are layers to it and it's going to look different for everyone. If, if you are someone who is in close proximity to people who feel safe, this may be something that you don't understand because you haven't experienced. And I hope you don't, <laughs> you know, I hope that yeah. your needs are being met consistently. But, but to your point, um, Germany, like it is real. And even the examples that she provided, like, yeah, I can get my nails done and someone can massage me, but that I'm sorry, that doesn't replace your mom hugging you. That doesn't yeah, replace, doesn't. you know, you laying down on your grandmother's lap. It's not the same. Yeah. No, it's a combo of things because when you're laying down and you're getting your back rubbed and, you know, you got your feet kicked up. I don't feel that same way when I'm getting a massage. I'm just thinking, OK, this feels good. You're working out the kinks and then I'm head on out. Yeah, it's functional. Yeah, right. it's, very it's very transactional. Functional. Yeah, yeah. because I may feel oxytocin because the massage feels good. Right. <laughs> but to your point, mm-hmm. how much deeper does it, how much how much more depth of connection do you feel when I know you? And it's not that you rubbing my back feels good, but. I'm on my mom's lap and my mom is playing yeah. in my hair and this is where I feel safe and this is where I feel nurtured yeah. and cared for. Like, this person massaging me, I mean, like, yeah, this feels good. Right. <laughs> They're going to get tipped and I'm Right. They're trying to Ex- run up a check. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to. It's a real thing. Because when I'm having a tough day or like when my, my honey comes home, I'm like, I want to hug. Yeah. I just want to hug, please. Thank you. The way I be pulling my little feet out. Putting them in the hands of someone. Oh, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Rub the feet. The feet want to be rubbed, please. Right. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, there's just something about like allowing yourself to just, huh, even if it's let me put my feet in your hands mm-hmm. or let me or, like hug me so I can just decompress and relax. There is a, a thing there. And like you said, Davia, thank God that we are in close proximity with people who are not 
um, suffering or battling with this. And if you are, if you're someone who is dealing with this, it, you are not alone. Yeah. There are many people who are out there. And that's why I love TikTok, because it helps to alleviate that alienation feeling. The loneliness. Of like, yeah. The loneliness that I'm the only person going through this or mm-hmm. nobody else is going through this. Like so many people are like, girl, I feel you. I'm, this is what I'm struggling with, too. Um, so, yeah, love, love it for that. Yeah. Thank you for providing your insight on that. So, um, Davia, we've reached the point of the show where we have to ask our key question. Okay. So over here, bravado, black girl bravado is in your face boldness, undeniable confidence. So what has been your biggest moment of black girl bravado to date? That in is your life. In my life. At first it was yes. going to be hard and then it came to me. In 2018, I quit my job in Austin, Texas as a counselor. I booked a one-way flight to D.C., and said, God, you said this is where I'm supposed to be. We're going we gonna to lean into it. We're going to say that we got everything that we need. And we're going to bet on black and bet on me. Okay. And so I have been here five years now as wow. a solo entrepreneur and really just walking in my purpose. And it's been scary. But for me, that is my bravado. When it's like, no, you're going to bet on you and you're going to go for it. I love that. We needed that. <laughs> and one thing we're going to do is remind God of his promise. Yes, <laughs> said. We'll bring it back up to him. Right. You said this. You said remember, this was what I was supposed when. to be doing. Right. Okay. Right. So what's up? Yeah. Can we move in it? Yeah. You said it, Lord. You listen. said it. Yes, listen. No, but yes. I love that. Davia, is there anything that you want to share that you feel like we did not cover in this conversation about loneliness? Any tips, tricks, anything that you think we forgot? Yeah, one thing that I will say is that Dealing with loneliness is a part of the human experience, even if you are intentional with your relationships. We are all going to go through different seasons where we just feel out of alignment with with people and our circumstances, and that's okay. You may do some inner work, come to a place like, oh, okay, this feels better. I was just growing into myself. And sometimes we're going to have an assessment and say, you know what? Some of these relationships no longer serve me, serve me, and that's why I feel lonely and we need to shift. But I do want to remind us that it does take intentionality and it does take a love ethic. I know with romantic relationships, especially black women, we have been taught so much to invest our time and efforts towards getting a partner and becoming married and having that status and having children where we devalue friendships that are actually life-giving to us. Mm. And my hope is that the same intention we would put into dating and being partnered is the same type of effort we will put into building lasting relationships or simply sustaining friendships that we value because those aren't less valuable. Those are going to be the ones that walk with us through life. Let's not cast them off until we are in crisis and need them. Mm. They can carry you because mine have been carrying me. When beneath. (laughs) They have been carrying me. So, Davia, thank you so much for spending your time with us and your knowledge and just your your insight. Can you let our listeners know where they can find you? 
Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it in this conversation. And for those of you that want to keep up with me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JustDavia, J-U-S-T-D-A-V-I-A, and JustDavia.com. So there... There aren't many Davia Roberts, so just Google me. You'll find me very easily, okay? <laughs> right, yeah. I love how you have the same name for all the platforms, okay? I know y'all are going to love this conversation. I loved it too, Davia. We will catch you in traffic. Okay, y'all, so that was such a good and full conversation with Davia. I hope y'all enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed it. And if you did, don't forget to share it with a homegirl. If you know a homegirl that's experiencing loneliness, go ahead and send it via text. Share it on your Instagram story. Let another sister know. Yes, I really thoroughly enjoyed that conversation. So many gems were dropped and there's a lot to take out of it. So just remember, you are not, you are not alone. Hey. I am here with you. That's so what we wanted. far away. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. So we are going to get into our uh, last segment of the show, y'all. It's time to pick up your pen. We're, We're dropping, dropping a gem. This is the part of the show where we get to share the content that checked us, wrecked us, inspire us, things that we are loving, that we are finding beneficial and are adding value to our life. Brittany, what is our gym this week? Our gym this week is one that is useful for the gym. Mm. So I was talking. A double entendre. (laughs) I was talking to Germany and I was telling her that I I felt like I needed a trainer. And one of the reasons why I felt like. And I offered. (laughs) One of the reasons why I felt like I needed a trainer is because. I personally don't want to be scouring the internet and put putting together a sequence of individual workouts to create one collective one. Like I want to let someone know what my goals are and they tell me what to do, right? Yeah. Like do this, that, that, and you know, so, um, and I want them to consider like my body type and all that. And that's a lot of research that I would have to put into it to do that manually. So I was like, I need a trainer, but trainers are dumbass expensive. And, I found an app that basically does the work that I was looking for a trainer to do. And it's called the workout app. It's a workout planner and tracker. And I love this app because not only does it put together the like the workouts for me, but it shows me videos of how to do the workout in the app. Like once, once it's my time to do that workout, because I want to make sure my form is right and all that. And that was another reason why I thought that a trainer would be good for me, but I no longer need it because I have this app. But I love it. And it also does something that I like. So when you're doing your workouts, you put in the, the amount of the weight that you're lifting. And at the end of the workout, it tells you how many more sets do you think you could have done. And by you tell, letting the app know that, it, lets, it like progressively um, changes the weight for you, which I love. So if you're a workout girly and you need an app like this, it's the workout app. We'll put the link in the bio um, so you make sure you're downloading the right one. There it is. Okay, girlies, uh, that brings us to the end of the road. If you're here this long, then you really found something valuable. So please make sure you tell a homegirl to tell a homegirl to tell a homegirl. We love you so much. We will be back next week with a yet again another mental health topic that you can benefit from. Yes, we will. To. See you next week. See y'all. you. Bye. Bye.